Praise the Lord, East Wind, and welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. I'm so glad that you have joined us this evening, and I pray that you and your family and your friends are all safe and well. I want you to know that East Wind cares, and we are praying for you, and you're in our thoughts, and we are just thinking about all of our church family and praying that everybody is safe as far as we know. Uh, everyone is safe and healthy, and we just continue to hold you up in prayer. Please know that you can contact our office at 321-723-2030 or reach us by email, cell phone, anything at all that you need us to do. Please do not hesitate to let us know. We are excited about this weekend, and I pray that you will join us in the uh, parking lot of our East Wind campus on Sunday morning. 10 o'clock, one service, we're going to be having our Palm Sunday in the parking lot. And I want you to come out and join us. We're going to have a great time. We're going to be receiving communion in our cars, but it's going to be a great time to be together. So we look forward to seeing you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want to turn your attention to the book of Acts. The Acts of the Apostles. What a tremendous book this is. Acts chapter 7. And we begin our reading tonight from verse 17. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose which knew not Joseph. The same dealt subtly with our kindred and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children. To the end, they might not live. Verse 20. In which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him took him up and nourished him for her own son. I want to call your attention to the very first verse that we read, verse 17. And it simply says, But when the time of the promise drew nigh. I want to talk to you tonight on that subject, the time of the promise. Would you bow your heads and pray with us, Lord? We are so thankful for the opportunity to be gathered with our brothers and sisters, that we gather via the web, the Internet, through electronic means, Lord. I know that your Spirit is the common denominator that brings us all together in heart and allows us to feel each other's presence. And I'm asking you, Lord, though we're not all gathered together in the church that bears your name physically, we know that we are gathered together spiritually. We ask you, Lord that you would now open our hearts and minds to receive your word and let us be changed from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you tonight. It has always been interesting to me to study the timing of God. You understand that God is the master of timing. And indeed, timing is critical. It is crucial. Timing can make you or break you. It's unbelievable that it's only been two and a half weeks that we've been 
meeting in this kind of a format. It seemed like the first of the year we were moving so quickly. It was January, it was February, it was March, and then all of a sudden it was almost like everything went in slow motion. Because timing is so important. Everyone's wanting to know when they can get back to their jobs, when they can get back to normal living, when we can get back to going out and eating in a restaurant. And yet, we're all forced to slow down. And once again, we are reevaluating our priorities and what is really important and focusing on these things. I believe it's a great time to really slow down with our families and slow down with our times of devotion and our times of commitment and be able to spend time with the Lord during this season. But we are reminded that timing is critical. The right timing has allowed some people to become president and others to miss their chance. Timing has put some less qualified people, in my opinion, on the Supreme Court bench, and yet timing has kept other more qualified people off of the bench. We know that timing is critical. It's critical in the spirit realm. It's critical in the natural realm. God works when we think He would not be working, and He doesn't work as fast as we think He should be working in other situations. Right now may be one of those times when we feel like, God, we really need You to work faster than You are. We know that You're going to heal our land, and we know You're going to bring about a a resurrection, as it were, to the church body and, and even to our world as we go through this season of this virus. But Lord, we'd like for it to be right now. God knows the right time. He knows the right time for you. He knows the right time for me. He knows the right time to eradicate this virus. Everything, ladies and gentlemen, in our life is based on timing and God is the master keeper of time. He uses time as a vehicle to allow us to move into His perfect will. He knows when. He knows when to exalt. He knows when to remove. He knows when to fulfill and when to withdraw. He knows how to do all things, but He also knows when to do all things. And remember, His ways are not our ways. And His timing is not our timing. It is important to know the will of God, but it is equally important to know the timing of God. One thing I've learned about my own life is that I get out of sync with God's timing. It's usually because I'm pushing, I'm wanting something to happen quicker, something to uh, come about at, at a sooner pace. And so as a result, as a result of that, I'm pushing. I, I'm a human being. You're a human being. We know we've got a shelf life. We're, we're concerned about the clock. We're concerned about everything moving around at the right time and the right pace and the right speed. But ladies and gentlemen, God sees the big picture. He knows the beginning to the end. He understands everything. He is the God of eternity. And ladies and gentlemen, I've come today to encourage you. He's got us in the palm of His hand. He has got this timing in His control. And one thing is clear that we learn about the timing of God. It is usually the opposite of the timing of this world. 
It is usually the opposite from the timing of this world. Consider this. Scriptures that we read, that we understand, relate to us where we are today. The Bible says, when men cry, peace, peace, then sudden destruction shall come. Notice how it's the opposite of what man is dealing with. When men cry, peace, peace, then sudden destruction shall come. When you see these things come to pass, what things? Listen to this. Distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear. Does any of that sound familiar to you? When these things come to pass, we are in the midst of these things. Distress of nations, I think that's where we are. Men's hearts failing them for fear, that's where we are. The distress of nations with perplexity, we're facing something that is perplexing to us. This is where we are. What do we do when these things come to pass? What does the Bible say? When these things come to pass, then look up and lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord says, when you face these things, then look up and lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not the time to be wringing our hands in fear and worry. This is not the time for us to be so afraid that we're, we're afraid to even move. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time to look up and to lift up our heads because our redemption draweth nigh. I believe that God has not given the church the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. This is not the time to be afraid. It's a time to take precautions, yes. It's a time to be wise, yes. It's a time to obey our leaders, yes. But ladies and gentlemen, we should not live in fear. There is a God who is on our boat and He has spoken peace to the storm. Oh, hallelujah. Look up. Lift up your head. Your redemption draweth nigh. I believe that's what God is asking us to do right now in the middle of this crisis, is to look up. On Sunday night, we were talking with Matt Staver, the chief legal counsel, the founder and president of Liberty Council, and he is a man who defends our religious civil liberties, him and his wife and their team of lawyers at Liberty Council, and He's argued before the United States Supreme Court on numerous occasions. But as we were talking on Sunday night, we begin to talk about how this is a test for the church. It is testing the American church, the American Christian church. It is testing our spiritual maturity. And I said to Matt, do you believe that while all of man is looking for a vaccination, looking for a cure, is it possible that the Lord is wanting us to look up and to realize that He's our hope. And that indeed, if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways, that He will hear from heaven and forgive our sin and heal our land. Ladies and gentlemen, I say to you tonight that our solution, our answer, is in Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. He's the answer. For the ills of society. He's the answer for the cure of this virus. He's the answer for the 
the disease of sin that plagues every single human being on this planet. It's all in Jesus. So don't look down. Don't be discouraged. Don't be despondent. Don't be depressed. Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Oh, hallelujah. You see, it's the opposite of what we are dealing with. God chooses the time of plenty to bring famine and the time of famine to send plenty. He sends blessings and sorrow. In a time of crisis, He sends peace. And it was in a time of captivity. It was in a time of slavery. It was a time when a new Pharaoh had arisen to power. And he did not know Joseph. And was not sympathetic to the Jewish people. This Pharaoh was mean to the Jewish people. Before that time, there had been Pharaohs who remembered Joseph and remembered how that this Jewish young man rose to power in the country of Egypt and was not only the, the, the savior of Egypt because of his relationship with God and, and being told and understood the interpretation of dreams that there would be famine. He not only saved Egypt, but all the countries round about and all those countries had to come to Egypt to get their grain and to get their food. And so Egypt was prosperous for many years after Joseph had died. And because of that goodwill and that favor from God, there was favor on the children of Israel. And can I tell you that even though the children of Israel were in Egypt and even though they were in captivity... The Bible says the time of the promise drew nigh. This promise was a promise that God had made to Abraham, that he would multiply his seed. It was when they were in Egypt for 400 years that God allowed that promise to be fulfilled. They went in just a, 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 a group of wandering nomads. They were just a, a, a few families. There was not that many people, but in 400 years of Egypt... Though they were in an adverse environment, that was where the promise was fulfilled. Can I tell you that in an adverse environment, that can be the exact time that God fulfills His promise to you. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, don't look around at the environment that you're in and be all fearful and worried and try to understand what it all means. Just look up and say, God, that promise that you gave me is going to come to fruition right now. In this moment, it's going to happen. Oh, I think you ought to lift up your hands right now, wherever you are, and you ought to bless the Lord and thank Him, God. Lord, that you're not held hostage by the environment that we're in, but you're still God, and you're still on the throne, and you're still in charge, and you're still a healer, and you're still a way maker. So we choose to worship you and exalt your name. This is where the children of Israel found themselves. They found themselves in the midst of an adverse environment, but the promise was being fulfilled. I believe the promise that God gave us that many people are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost is going to happen, even in this adverse environment. I don't know how long we're going to have to continue this way. At first we looked at 15 days, and now the president has extended that to the end of April, and it looks like... We'll have to be creative in how we have church until the end of April. It may be longer than that. I hope not, because I'm missing everybody. But I want to tell you something. Our God is still God. Hallelujah. And in the middle of this season, He's going to fulfill the promise that He gave us, and people are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Last week, we had over 30,000 people tune in to our different programs through Facebook and through our website and YouTube. 
30,000 friends, 30,000 connections. We wouldn't be able to put that number of people in our churches, not even this church, not even in one week, but that happened. We don't even know all the people that received the Holy Ghost. I've come to tell you about a God that's going to fulfill a promise that we may not even be able to measure. We won't even have the metrics for it. But I've come to tell you that, oh, God is doing it, and He's doing it all over the world. Oh, hallelujah. I can't tell you the number of other countries that have joined in. Said, uh, we just want you to know we're listening from Costa Rica. We just want you to know we're listening from Haiti. They have messaged us. They have contacted us. God is fulfilling His promise, even in an adverse environment. But even after they had gotten through those days, there was a little bit of favor. There was the, the overflow of God's favor on the the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. And so because of that, we find that there were Pharaohs that came to power, but they were still friendly to the Hebrew people. But then finally there came a time when a Pharaoh came to power, and he was not friendly to the Jewish people. He was hard on their fathers. He manipulated the Hebrews for his own gain. He dealt subtly. He was devious. He was disingenuous. He was dishonest in his dealings with the Hebrews. He he pretended that he was their friend when he was not. He pretended that he was taking care of them when he was not. He was cruel to their children. It was the worst time. It was the worst environment that the children of Israel had ever known. Even more so than it was previous when other pharaohs were still kind to them. Though they may not have had all the rights as the Egyptian citizens, there was still favor. But there came a time when there was no more favor from the political structure that they faced. must have been at this time that they thought that God had forgotten them. They must have even questioned whether God was alive. How could God do this to us? How could He allow this to happen? No doubt they begin to question even their own faith. We always as humans make the mistake of trying to interpret God through our present circumstances. Not realizing that our circumstances are the backdrop for some of God's greatest blessings. It was in this crisis... It was in the middle of this suffering, this confusion, this chaos, that the Bible says four little words. Then Moses was born. Oh, I'm so thankful for those four words. In the middle of a political situation, in the middle of an environment That was totally against God's children. Moses was born. The promise that God had made to Abraham had been fulfilled. And now in the middle of this double layer of persecution, Moses is born. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that. I want to turn your attention to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And let's begin reading. In verse 23, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23. 
by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. The original shelter in place. The original stay at home. Moses was born, and for three months, he was hid of his parents. Why? Because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. You see, the king's commandment, Pharaoh's commandment, was that they would all tell who their children were, and they had to mark who the male uh, children that were born were and give an account like a, like a census. And the reason is because they became fearful of the Hebrew children that they would outnumber them because God's favor and blessing was upon them. And that promise to Abraham that he would multiply the seed of Abraham like the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky was being fulfilled in the middle of adversity. So the Egyptian army under the leadership of Pharaoh, they wanted all the, the Hebrew families to give an account of their, their male children that were being born. And then the soldiers would come by and they would take those male children and, and they would never see them again. But they hid Moses. Now why did Moses' mom and dad hide? The Bible said it was because they saw that he was a proper child. Now that word proper means that he was special. There was an unction. There was an anointing. There was something different about Moses even as a baby. And he, they hid him because he was valuable. Ladies and gentlemen... One of the reasons that we're not having church right now in this building is because we realize how valuable you are. And so we're saying, let's all be safe. And so even as a country, we're trying to do that because we realize how valuable human life is. But just because Moses was being hid, Moses was being put aside in his own house, where no one could know where he was. He was out of sight, but he was not out of mind. There was still the hand of God at work. And I feel that same unction in my spirit tonight. And that is that the hand of God is still at work. Hallelujah. And we're not afraid of this world, and we're not afraid of what may come about in this world. But here's what we do know. The most valuable thing that the Lord has on this planet is His church. And ladies and gentlemen, God is going to protect His church. You and I just got to stay a part of the church. We got to stay in the church. We got to stay in the Word of God. And we've got to cover ourselves with the Spirit of God. Now there's three things that I want to give you from this passage of Scripture that I believe lets us know the time that we're in. The first thing is that it was a time of protection. A time of protection. This is a time of protection for God's people. It was a time then, it is a time now. God will provide a safe haven for His people. So I remind you again tonight, do not live in fear. Do not let your heart be troubled. He will provide a place of safety. It was the same then as it is now. Moses was born. Now think about what it meant. In a time of desperation, there was the birth to hope. The birth of what tomorrow would be. God was working on the future in the present. 
He was putting in place what would happen in the very near future. He was already arranging everything. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel a confirmation in the Spirit of God tonight. God is wanting to say to this great church, Do not be afraid. He is already at work. In this environment, God is putting the necessary pieces of the puzzle together so that you and I, when we come back together, are going to see the greatest harvest, the greatest filling of God's people with the Spirit of the Lord, the greatest infilling. There is something that God is preparing right now that you and I may not even be able to see, but I've come to proclaim to you tonight that Moses is being born. Hallelujah. There is a Savior. There is a Word. There is a hope that's going to shine to this world that Jesus Christ is Lord and that whatever you are suffering from, your answer is in Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Your answer is Him. He's your hope for tomorrow. He's your hope for today. And ladies and gentlemen, God is preserving your tomorrow. Just like He did with the children of Israel. We must... Preserve that word in our heart. We must preserve what God has placed in our hand. Just as Moses' parents preserved him and protected him. God has given you and I the truth. He has given us the plan of salvation. He has given us the gospel. And ladies and gentlemen, we must preserve that. We must protect the treasure. Hallelujah. We must secure that that God has put in our hearts and in our minds. Can I just encourage you tonight, church, in this time that we have, don't drift far from God. Don't lose your prayer life. If you've ever been a praying person, you ought to pray double. If you've never prayed before, you ought to start praying every day. You ought to be fasting at least one day a week and saying, Lord, protect my family and protect this nation and heal our land. Oh, this is the time to have devotions with your children and your family. It's a time to bring the presence and the power of God into your home through your own mouth, through your own devotion, through your own consecration. Oh, let's protect what God has put in our hearts and in our minds all of these years. Let's protect. Let's preserve it. Let's not live in fear because God has not called us to a time of fear. It may be a time of fear for unbelievers, but you and I, we can preserve the treasure. God will protect us. If we protect the treasure, if we will preserve it, don't live in fear of the environment. Don't live in fear of the virus. Be safe. Yes. Take precautions. Yes. But don't live in fear. Don't live in fear of losing your job. I said, don't live in fear of losing your job. Be faithful with your tithes and offerings. I know we're having to make an adjustment right now because we're not all gathering together and some of you are used to always just bringing your offering. We're making it available for you to send tithes and offerings in. You can send uh, your uh, check through the mail. You can come and drop it off at the office. We're putting in a drop box. We're, we're expanding our, our digital online giving uh, opportunities uh, where you can give through apps. We're making it as easy as possible. But ultimately, it lies in the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl. Though you're not in the sanctuary of God, this is the time to give like never before because God is wanting to know, are you going to live in fear? And are you going to get stingy with God? Are you going to get stingy with the things of God? Or are you going to say, Lord, you've blessed me with everything that I have anyhow, and I'm not going to get stingy now? Ladies and gentlemen, don't get stingy with God because God can squeeze harder than you can. 
Oh, yes, he can. I said, he can squeeze harder than you can. This is not the time to be fearful with our finances. This is the time to be bountiful and to say, God, it's all yours anyhow. You just let me be the manager of it. Say, God, I'm going to give. I'm going to bless the work of the Lord. I'm going to give like never before because I'm not going to live in fear of my finances. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll live like that, I've come to tell you, that God will not let you go hungry. In fact, in the midst of this, we're going to start receiving testimonies of people that give sacrificially. And guess what happens? The Word of God goes forth, and you're going to get raises. Some of you are getting raises. We heard a testimony a few days ago about a lady who got a raise on her job, though she hasn't been to work in 10 days. And she got a raise. They told her, you're going to get a raise even from where you're at. Another man in our church works in the hotels of Kissimmee in Orlando area, and they shut the hotel down, and let everybody go except for two people, him and one other person. Oh, hallelujah. I've come to tell you about a God that's going to protect us. Not just our health, not just our strength, but He's going to protect your finances and He's going to protect your family if we'll just keep on believing. And our faith must be demonstrated by our actions. Our actions determine our faith. Give God your very best. In a time of trouble, don't let it mitigate or marginalize your commitment to God. This is the time that God has chosen for Moses to be born, for revival to be born, for the Holy Ghost to fall. Be bold, be strong, be courageous, and don't let anything cause your faith to falter. Look at verse 24. By faith Moses, when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The second thing that we know about the timing of God is not only is this a time of protection, but this is also a time of proclamation. It is time to proclaim your faith. It is time to start witnessing like never before. This is not the time to be quiet. It's a time to stand up and proclaim what thus saith the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, shelter in place or stay in place does not mean to be silent in place. Let me say that again. Shelter in place does not mean be silent in place. Be bold. Lift up your voice. Lift up your head. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so thankful for people that are going around in their homes uh, and they're anointing oil, putting oil over the doorposts and the lintel of their the doors and, uh, and around their house and their walls and they're proclaiming the name of Jesus. I think this is the time you ought to proclaim the name of Jesus in your house. Uh, you ought to proclaim the name of Jesus in every room. Uh, you ought to walk around that house saying, I plead the blood of Jesus. You ought to use your mouth like never before to proclaim. This is the time of proclamation. I told our staff, we're going we're gonna to infiltrate the airways and social media and everything we can with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time for the gospel to take over the airways of the internet. It's time for us to proclaim the name of Jesus every way that we can. And I say to you tonight, you ought to proclaim the name of Jesus in your home. You ought to lift up your voice. You ought to proclaim it over your children. Don't be quiet. Don't be in a hunkered down, submissive position, but lift up your voice with boldness. And you ought to proclaim the name of Jesus over your children. You ought to proclaim that this is a home 
of people that glorify the name of the Lord. This is a group of people that believe in the Word of God. All of the life of your children, you have preached the truth to them. You have lived the life. And now, some of you are in fear. You have modeled what it is to be a Christian in front of your children. But now you're having to explain to them about this virus. And there is a fear. There's a fear sometimes that we have. Sometimes we even fear losing our children. Some of you have expressed that to me even during the course of the last few weeks. What do we do with the youth are not meeting and our children are not meeting? Not only are we trying to provide programming in ways that they can connect through uh, the Internet and through electronic means every day at noon, Monday through Friday. I'm so thankful for our children's ministry and their tremendous faithfulness. They're providing programming for our children. But I want to say to you tonight, do not be in fear of losing your children. Do not live in fear of your child walking away from God. Parents, you should be bold in declaring the name of Jesus over your children. Don't be afraid to declare that this is the time that the Lord has given us to be able to pray together as a family. You ought to pronounce the name of Jesus over your sons and your daughters. You ought to lift up your voice in that home and you ought to declare the greatness and the glory of God. Oh, hallelujah. You ought to pray for your sons and daughters. And you ought to pray out loud. And you ought to say, we are the children of God. Though we don't understand this environment and we don't know what this virus is going to do, we've got a God, hallelujah, who has all power in heaven above and in earth beneath. Oh, don't be afraid to declare the glory of God in the midst of this crisis over your children. You have lived this life. You have been faithful to the house of God. Your children have seen your dedication. But this is the time to open up your mouth and to proclaim. Don't be afraid to proclaim the name of Jesus. Don't be afraid to proclaim the truths of God in your home over your children. Don't be afraid of your children walking away in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this time when we're not able to be in a church service per se. But this is a special time for you to have church with your children, for you to declare the glory of God in your home. Oh, I'm asking you to proclaim it with boldness and authority and give your children a clear path of righteousness. This is the day that the Lord has given us. And this is the time to proclaim. It is the time to declare. And when we proclaim in no uncertain terms that we are God's children... And that this house where you live is also a house where the Spirit of God abides. Then that tells your children that that means that church is not just something we do when we go to a building. But church is who we are every day. Church is who we are when we're in our cars. Church is who we are when we're in our home, in our living room, in our family room, in our kitchen. Church is who we are when we're texting our friends. Church is who we are when there's no one else around to see us. You ought to proclaim that over your family. You ought to make sure that they will know that this is who we are 24-7. And it could very well save their life. What Moses' parents did was to save his life. You would have thought that Moses would have just been happy to be alive. Because after he became a grown young man living in the palace of that Pharaoh. 
you would have thought that he would have just enjoyed the lap of luxury. Been happy to be in the palace. Don't rock the boat. Don't forget, you're in a palace. You're in a place of favor. Yes. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Moses never lost his identity. Instead of just enjoying living in Pharaoh's palace, Moses declares, because it was a time of proclamation, he declares his faith. And you know why he declared his faith? Because his mother had declared it to him every day. While she was rocking him in that little crib or whatever they had in those days, she was telling him, you're a part of the children of Israel. You're a Hebrew. We serve Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Elohim, he is the mighty God. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the time to proclaim. Don't sacrifice your integrity just because you're in a place of favor. If you've got a great job, God gave you that job. He's going to protect it. If you will proclaim that He is the giver of every good gift, yes, we are being forced to reevaluate our priorities. But that's a good thing. You're in a good place. We're in a good place. We're under the shadow of the Almighty God. He has protected us. We are in the palace, as it were. And it may not feel like a palace right now, but it is a palace because it's still a place of favor. But it's also a place where you can reestablish your identity. You are a child of God. And we are the children of God. We are not defined by a paycheck. And we are not defined by our social status on social media. And we're not defined by the fact that we're just a human being and we suffer from ailments of this flesh. But we are the sons of God. You and I are His children. And we are under the protection of the King. So lift up your hands and lift up your voice and declare the glory of God. Let me hurry. Verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. Verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. The third thing that we realized in this time of promise was that it was a time of perspective. Not only was it a time of protection, not only was it a time of proclamation, but ladies and gentlemen, it was a time of perspective. This is where we are today. This is a time of perspective. Moses got it. He realized the promise was more valuable than the present. He was able to see the one who was invisible. And he was able to guard that vision from that which was visible. Ladies and gentlemen, if God has put a vision in your heart, that's more valuable than what is visible. Because what God has given us is a vision. You've got to get your eyes off of this present day environment. And you've got to start looking up. You've got to start looking around. You've got to start realizing that God is doing a special work in this day. Moses was born 
And ladies and gentlemen, Moses is being born. The promise is before us, and we must seize it, and we must live it. This is no time for the Christians of America, or from the world as far as that goes, and certainly not for all of us at East Wind Pentecostal Church to have our head down. It's a time for God's people to stand up and declare and to have the right perspective that this is a great time of opportunity. It's a time of promise. It's a time of protection. It's a time of proclamation. And it is a time of perspective. Moses is born. Salvation has come. Be not afraid. Lift up your head, oh, ye gates. And don't be afraid of a hostile secular culture. Oh, wherever you're at, maybe you're in your home, your living room. Maybe you're just walking around in the kitchen, but why don't you stand up to your feet right now? And I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer. And I want us to lift up our hands wherever you're at. If you're driving your car, don't take your hands off the wheel. But if you're at home or you're in a place where you can, I want you to now just gather your family around. And I want you to stand up. And if you would just lift up your hands right now and lift up your voice. And like Moses, would you begin to declare that you are a child of God and that no weapon formed against you shall prosper? That's it. Oh, lift up your voice right now. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Is it going to be Egypt or is it going to be God? Is it going to be the world or is it going to be the church? Is it going to be sin or is it going to be righteousness? Is it going to be fear or is it going to be faith? Come on, I challenge you in the Holy Ghost. Lift your voice now all over the place, all over South and Central and North Bavard. Come on, lift up your voice all over America. Lift up your voice right now where you're at in your home. Begin to declare, I am a child of God. I am one of His. I belong to Him. Jesus has all power. Jesus has all authority. And at the name of Jesus, every knee's got to bow. Every virus has to dissipate. Everything has to go under the power and the anointing of the name of Jesus. Oh, that's it. Declare His name. Declare His name right now. Declare His name over your home, over our community. Come on, over our co-workers, over our families and friends. Come on, over our friends in New York City and those in New Orleans. Come on, would you pray right now? We pray for evangelist Eli Hernandez right now. In the name of Jesus, raise him up out of that hospital bed in Nevada right now. I'm asking you to breathe into his lungs. In the name of Jesus Christ, let this be a season where you are glorified. Let this be a time when you are magnified. I exalt you, Lord. Oh, come on, clap your hands and lift up your voice in the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, that's it. Even as we go offline, I want you to continue to pray right now with your family. Would you do that right now? Come on, don't let this be 60 seconds and then you stop and go about your business. I want you to spend a few moments right now. Take at least 5, 7, 10, 15 minutes. Pray. Come on. Pray with your family right now. Would you begin to pray over your children right now in the name of Jesus? I pray over every young person in this church. I pray over every child in this church. I pray the name of Jesus, Lord. You have given them to us as a gift. We have put them back in your hands and we dedicate them unto you, Lord. But I'm asking for a double portion of your blessing and of your spirit. I pray a covering upon every child, every young person, every family. Oh, that's it, parents. That's it. Continue to lift up the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless you.